0: today. All right, turn your Bibles, if you can, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, in verse number 13 and 14. The Bible says here, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is The gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your word, Lord. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be found acceptable. In your sight, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, I pray that this moment, this time, Lord, that all will be set aside and that our hearts will focus in upon your word, Lord, that you'll feed us from the word this evening, that you'll stir about the spirit amongst us, Lord. Bless our hearts. Save the sinner today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is possibly one of the most unsettling portions of the New Testament. This message by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is right on the heels of the Sermon on the Mount. I would say that is the most unsettling message delivered to believers or to people even inside of the church. Church. These two verses that we read are not to, so to say, though they apply to, but they are not specifically pointed to, the wicked, vile, heathen who is involved in all kinds of wicked things in this world. The message is clearly pointed to those who are without Christ, but even more to those who claim to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We seen as we go through this, even in verse 15, which is following right after that, the Lord is speaking to people who are claiming that they have a relationship with Christ. They're in the church amongst God's people claiming that they have a relationship with Christ, yet the Lord says that they are false prophets, they are wolves in sheep's clothing. Even more that troubles us about this entire chapter, really, of chapter 7, is that by the time you make it to verse 22, the Bible says, the Lord says that many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? This message is to those who call the Lord Lord and yet do not know him. This message is to those people who are affiliated with God, but do not know him personally through a relationship. Matter of fact, our text that we just read brings us even to a greater concern that there are going to be many in this day of judgment who profess to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ And not only is the Lord going to say he doesn't know them, but our text in verse 14 says that there's many of them. There are few people who will enter into the straight gate. There are few people who truly know the Lord as Savior. There are few people who have a right view of salvation. There is only one way into the straight gate, and that is through our Lord and Savior jesus christ verse 13 and 14 here put something out before us this morning that is complex it has baffled many in the world today yet it is so simple it has rattled the minds and hearts of many yet it is so simple how does one get to heaven how do we get there how does this happen If you were to decide this morning and that you wanted to, after the morning service, that you wanted to go to Florida and you pulled out the map and you could see that Florida is south, but you didn't want to travel south. You said, I'm going north to get to Florida. No matter how serious you are, no matter how devoted you are, No matter how intellectual you believe you are, you head north, you're headed to Michigan, you will never arrive in Florida. And this is true with all destinations. You're never going to find yourself in a situation where you head east and arrive in California or head west and end up in Pennsylvania. The map has already been laid out. It doesn't matter how we argue it. Matter of fact, if someone told us that they, this morning after the service, was going to head north to end up in Florida by tomorrow afternoon, we would say, this is preposterous. And so the Lord lays out here in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. It doesn't matter what you decided is the way to heaven. It doesn't matter how you believe what, which route you are going to take. It doesn't matter if you decided that this is a successful way to get to heaven. The Bible says here on the message of our Lord to us straight is the gate. There is only one way to heaven. It doesn't matter what worldly wisdom you try to apply to it, it doesn't matter what science you try to novel it with. Jesus says there is only one way. End to this, and notice this also, it is impossible, according to God's word, to take the wrong road and end up into heaven. It's impossible. And in the same breath, it is impossible to take the straight gate. It is impossible to take the straight gate in the narrow way and end up in hell. They are both impossibilities. No matter where you are in life, know this. You will make a decision today. And we may leave here today and say, well, I did not make a decision. I am not the discerner of your spiritual life. But if you make a decision, if you you leave here today and say, I didn't make a decision either way. If you have found yourself in need of Christ and you leave here without him, you've made the decision. This life is plagued with death. This life is plagued with troubles. Death is not an option. Many of us passed Spring Grove Cemetery, the second biggest cemetery in the world, on our way to here, attesting that the word of God is true in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, that it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. We are all scheduled for the divine appointment. We may forget about appointments here on this life. We may even run late for those appointments, but this is one appointment we'll not be late for. It is prearranged, pre-posted before time, in which one day we will stand and meet God. Now, notice what the text says here this morning, and notice what the text does not say. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Many have found safety in their own conscience, not in reality. That when they look out upon humanity and they see people who are wicked, vile, murderers, or whatever they take in their mind to consider them far worse than themselves, they find their own selfish righteousness that they're not as bad as they are. They look at those who seem to be indulging indulging in immoralities and they say, you know what? I'm not as wicked as they are. Like the Pharisee did when he said, I am thankful that I am not like them. Society has developed a thought process that wicked people go to hell and that good people go to heaven. Notice what the verse does say, what the verse does not say. The verse does not say here, broad is a gate that is marked for hell. It doesn't say that. There are two gates presented to us in this text here. Both are marked for heaven. Satan has done nothing new in this life. We have counterfeit money because we have real money. We have counterfeit diamonds because we have real diamonds. And so Satan's sales pitch for all of humanity is that you do not have to go through the straight gate. You do not have to go through the narrow way. You can also enter in through the broad gate, through the wide gate, through the broad path, and still make it into heaven. Satan is still counterfeiting that which belongs to the Lord. His motives of operating has never changed. His heels are dug into deception. You may think you're okay when you're not. Satan believes you to lead you to believe that you think you're safe when you're not. He wants you to believe that what you have is enough <laughs> and it's not. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. Meaning that if you've never repented of your sins, if you've never truly placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have never entered into the gate because Jesus is the gate. If you've reasoned this out in your mind or rationalized this out in your mind that there is another way to heaven outside of Jesus Christ, you are equal to the person heading north saying their desire is to land in Florida. Tomorrow, you have turned away from what the map has to offer for you. You have taken the map of God's word and what Jesus says is the only way and tried to produce your own reasoning. Yet the scripture says here that there is two gates, both marked for heaven, yet only one leads there. Verse 13, enter ye in at the straight gate. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Notice what it does not say. It does not say enter ye in at a straight gate. This is particular. This is specific. The straight gate. The implication is that there is only one straight gate, (laughs) The implication is that there are not many gates in which you can choose from. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Also notice you did not see a lengthy list of how you get to heaven. There is no addition given into here. Enter ye in at the straight gate and no. There's no accomplishments, there's no, nothing that we can bring to the table. It is just entrance in the straight gate alone that gets you into heaven. Jesus said in John chapter 10, and verse 7, um, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, I am the door of the sheep. He alone is the door. Notice this also, the urging to all who hears and reads to do what? What is the urging? The urging is for all that who hear the message. The urging is for all who read this message to enter, enter into the gate. This is what Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 says that God commandeth all to repent. He is urging for them to repent and to enter. Notice this also enter. This is given to all of us. Every one of us has been told to enter ye in at the straight gate. What does this mean? It means that Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 is true. That all mankind is in sin, born in sin, found in sin. Because of Adam's sin in the garden, we are in sin. Which means we are born outside of the gate. None of us were born into a path that leads us to heaven. None of us are born on the road of perfection. No one ever had to teach you how to sin. No one ever had to teach me how to sin. I was born in sin. What did David say? In iniquity did my mother conceive me. We were born in sin. John chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in. You know what he says? He shall be saved. This message in here, enter ye in at the straight gate. Jesus said, if you enter into the straight gate, you shall find pasture. Notice this, enter, enter, enter into the straight gate. This is not about proximity. No, this is not about the knowledge that you may know about the Bible. No, this isn't what you may know about Jesus. This isn't even that you know the gospel message. Entrance is given through faith. This is a Personal transaction. It's not that you knew about the gospel message; it's that you had faith in the gospel message. It's not that you knew that Jesus was the way; it's that you personally placed your faith in it, and that you believe that He is the way. Entrance comes by faith. Notice also in the original Greek, this is written in the aorist imperative, meaning that this is an urgent message. There's a sense of urgency here calling on each and every one's life who is without Christ. Enter! Enter! It's like someone running through the streets like Paul Revere did saying the British is coming, the the British are coming. It is the same way that Jesus Christ is crying out to all those who are here. Enter! Enter! Enter into the straight gate. This is an urgent matter. This is not a matter to be set to the side. This is not a matter to be dealt with later. This isn't something that you can deal with right before you die. Who said you was going to get a bedside moment? This is an urgent matter. Hurry now. Hurry. Enter. Enter now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time now now is the time to look to the Lord now is the time to enter the narrow gate when we see this in John chapter 6 if you take time to read John chapter 6 there was a multitude that followed Jesus they were all following him, the whole multitude. But by the time you make it to the 66th verse of John chapter 6, you know what you're going to find? When all of these multitudes followed him and realized that Jesus was making a proclamation that he was the straight gate and that faith through him was the only way to heaven. The Bible says that the multitude went away to the point Jesus turned to the disciples and said, Will you go also? This is the statement today. They admired him. They loved his teaching. They loved his style. But when they came to the narrow gate, they turned back. There will be many people who loved reading the Bible who are in hell. There will be many people who believe that When you go into the courthouse and you see the Ten Commandments on the wall, there are going to be many people who say, you know what, my grandma taught me that from the Bible, so I know it's good. There will be many people in hell who believe the Bible offers great moral teachings. There are many people who will travel the Christian life with you. They are in the name and claim it. They believe that Christ is a way to heaven, but when you say he is the only way, they will depart from you too. They refuse to enter through the gate. Well, our question is for all of us in our own spiritual lives, what is prohibiting us from making the decision today? The Bible says in First Kings chapter I think it's first Kings chapter one and verse eighteen. Elijah was up there on the mountain top there with the prophets of Baal as the children of Israel looked upon him. 1821 in First 1 Kings. Um, when you get to that text, you'll see that Elijah's up on the mountaintop there with the prophets of Baal. And as he's there with the prophets of Baal, he sees the brokenness and the, and the back and forth of the children of Israel. And he finally calls out to them. And how long will you hop between God? How long will you hop between two opinions? How long will you go between Baal and God? How long will you back and forth? How long will you continue like this? Joshua told the people, in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that served were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites. Make a decision. Whom will you serve? Who are you going to serve today? Who are you going to serve in this life? Whom have you dedicated your life to is your life dedicated to your own prosperity? Is your life dedicated to everything that you have and aspirations of desire? Is you, do you really believe for one second that this life that you're living is all about you? Matthew brings us to this decision point here. As I said, you'll not leave here decisionless, you will leave here making a decision. But now, to whom will you turn? The text says, enter ye at the straight gate. Enter! Enter now! When I read this in the in the form in which it was written, it kind of drawed my mind to my own childhood when one time when I was a kid there was a tornado siren that went off in this neighborhood and I can still remember at this point in my life the panic, the fear, danger was behind me, but I can also remember my mother putting her hands on mine and my brother's back and ushering us to the basement door, enter here, safety's here, safety's here as you go into this door you'll be in the basement safe from the danger that is yet to come that is how I view this the Lord is saying enter enter the urge years to the door to the door to the straight gate to this place where you will find safety enter into the gate there is a coming time in this world That will rain out upon the whole world. There is a coming time that may rain upon your own personal life. And it may not even yet be. But it will be a time in our lives where it will be too late to enter now. At the judgment seat of Christ, you will not catch up your prayer life. At the judgment seat of Christ, you'll not have the opportunity to repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus Christ. This life in which we live now is a dressing room for eternity. Everything that we do here will be manifested in the next life. Enter now. He does not let it go on before he tells you in which gate he tells you to enter. The imperative voice Enter is not loosely connected to either gate. That's not what he says. The urgency, the urgency is enter ye in at the straight gate. <laughs> the urgency is to turn to Christ the urgency is to look to him. The urgency is to enter through this door, that he is the straight gate, that he is the narrow way. Oh, this straight gate we know is none other than Jesus Christ. Notice this. There is a term that we use today to express deep trouble. Whenever we find ourselves in lives and we find ourselves in a situation where we feel like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, we say, man, help me out. I am in dire straits. We're seeking to imply when we say this thing about being in dire straits that we're saying there is very little wiggle room. When we say we're in dire straits, we say that there's no room to move at all. Yet our text says, enter ye at the straight gate. When you arrive at the straight gate, there is no room for your accomplishments. There is no room for what you've done in this life. When you arrive at the straight gate, it is Christ and Christ alone. It is the only way. That is the only help. That is the only thing that will get you through the gate. Jesus quickly draws the eyes of the reader and the listener to the second gate. There's more than just this one gate, here he gives another gate. This second gate is also marked for heaven. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way. This wide gate, notice what he says, for wide is the gate and broad is the way. Jesus lays out four facts about this gate. First, he gives us the size of it, he says it's wide. It's broad, it's easy to walk upon. My mind is always amazed when you watch the Olympics and you watch people run and do flips across those narrow beams every step of the way, their foot is carefully placed. This is the life of the believer. But here, the second gate, this wide gate, this broad gate, This broad path that is so wide that even the drunkard can stumble upon it and not go off. It's an easy road to go down. It's an easy road to travel. Notice the the Lord's wording here. It is broad. This gives us the mind of spaciousness. This gives us the idea that this path that they're going down broad and wide seems pretty glamorous. It's house buying season. It seems that uh, everywhere I turn around, whether it's people here, people at work, people I know, everybody seems to be buying houses. And when they show the houses, It always goes without fail. They say, look how big the backyard is. And there's nothing wrong with buying houses. I'm not condemning anybody here. But they say, look how huge the dining room is. Look how wide it is. I mean, you could have your own theater here. What are we doing? We are offering up that the width of the room is glamorous. That the width of the room is spacious that the size of this place adds value to it. So the Lord says that this path, for the wide is the gate and broad is the way. Oh, to the carnal man, it is glamorous. It is spacious. You can do whatever you want and never find yourself bumping into anyone who will, Calls you harm. It looks like a better road. It looks like a spacious road, but this is the deceitfulness of Satan. Because why? And Jesus says, yes, it's wide. Yes, it's broad. Yes, it's spacious. Yes, it's all of these things, but it leads to what? Destruction. The drunkard can walk this path and never bother the hypocrite. <laughs> The hypocrite can walk this path and never bother the scientist. The hypocrite and the scientist and the believer can, the unbeliever can walk this way and never bother the Muslim. Matter of fact, it is still the cry that we hear from the world today. Can't we all just get along? Look at us. We're all different and yet we're getting along just fine. Why not you? Because you are on the broad way. Narrow is the way is what verse 14 offers up to us. Verse 14, will get there, but he not only says that the gate is straight, but the way is narrow. The cries from those on the broad path is that there is no conflict. There is no worries. And while they all hold their own thought processes, they say that there's no harm, no problems. No troubles here on the broad path. Oh, how it seems to be so much more inviting. It looks to be so wonderful, but indeed it's not. It's only full of woes. Jesus says that it leads to destruction. Notice what else the Lord says about this. He not only says that this road leads to destruction, but in the end of verse 13, he says... In many there be which go in there at. Now, think about that. How do we rate popularity today? By numbers. Whenever we say, wow, I mean, this was a huge game. The entire stadium was sold out whenever we rate something today, we rate it by the amount of people that go and arrive at the event. Jesus never said that the broad way, the wide gate, he never said it wasn't popular. It's very popular in the world today. And he said many people, many people go that way. Many people, the crowd The crowd is going that way. If you're following the crowd, it may be a good idea to realize that you're with the wrong crowd. This path leads to destruction, meaning that this this road offers no lasting pleasure, it only offers fleeting moments of happiness. When people say, well, I mean, if if I did what you would, if I didn't believe what you said, then I'm going to be running around my whole life thinking about Jesus. Yes, it's glorious. Psalm says in 1611, it lets us know that true joy. Let us know that lasting joy is found in the presence of God. The presence of my God is not found on the broad way. It's not found on the other side of the wide gate. It's found in the narrow way. Straight is the gate. Satan has blinded the eyes of many on this path to keep them from seeking about truth. Since the Broadway, since this wide gate cannot offer you any lasting pleasure, Satan has to offer you synthetic pleasures. And I know all about it synthetic pleasures for joy, synthetic pleasures for happiness. Do something to Ease the worry. Do something to ease the stress. You deserve to relax. You deserve this evening. Take it to yourself. Indulge upon yourself. That is the message of Satan. Have a drug. Have a boo. Indulge on self-indulgence. This is, the, this is the words of the wide path. There are many gifted men who are on the broad path on their way to hell. There is loving, nice, wonderful people who are in hell. Some of them are even my own family. I don't like it. I don't like it. I wish they were saved. I wish that I would see them one day again in heaven. But to say that they're in heaven is to defy the map that Jesus laid out about how he How we get to heaven. Not only does this road seem to be more pleasurable, not only is this road traveled by many, but in the end, it leads to destruction. You may have a carnal, enjoyable trip, but you end up in hell. Notice verse 14. Jesus brings us back to the narrow gate because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, but few be there that find it. But few there be that find it. Notice what the Lord says here. Not only is the gate straight, meaning it's narrow, but notice also what the Lord says. While broad is the gate and wide and luxurious and full of benefits, the straight gate also has this narrow way. This narrow way kind of brings about, I guess if you was to summarize it, one commentator said, the wording here in this language, when you see this narrow way, kind of brings about, when you arrive here at the gate, when you go down the narrow way, it is to produce in your mind, like one person at a time, entering through the turnstile. And this is a narrow way. God doesn't, Work and save the crowd. He saves one, center, one sinner at a time. One at a time enters through the straight gate. One at a time enters into the narrow way. It is a personal transaction where we repent of our sins. And our sins are in times past placed upon Christ on the cross. And his righteousness is imputed upon us in this most amazing act. This narrow way, this narrow way translates in other places as a afflicted moment. It could even be presented as trouble. Matter of fact, in another text in Corinthians, it says, where it says, you will suffer tribulation. It is the same word. It is to say that when we enter into the gate, this life of serving Christ, you will suffer tribulation. The broad way, the wide gate, it's a luxurious life now, easy, no cares, no worries, but in the end is destruction. But in this way, when we enter through the straight gate, when we're in the narrow way, yes, we may suffer for Christ, but in the end, we'll be in heaven. There are two gates, there are two paths, the the broad gate, the wide path, and then there's the straight gate and the narrow way which leads us to heaven. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way, but there is a trouble here. This is the greatest trouble really in the text. It's hard for us to grasp a hold of. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Hallelujah leads on to life. We didn't even deserve a way and he made a way. Not only did he make a way, but he showed us how to survive. This is why we're going through the Christian and his battles, right? We are learning how to survive spiritual warfare, but this is the most baffling part about this. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, but few be there that find it. Few, few have arrived at the place where they realize that they are sinners in desperate need of Christ. Few, few be there that find it. They mock it off, shake it off. It doesn't apply to me. There is another way. There is another opportunity for me. I have another chance. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, 4 and verse 12 that neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name given under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is this decision for all of us that we must make in our lives. This decision in our lives will bring us to a place where we either spend eternity in heaven or where we spend eternity in hell. No matter how we try to argue it, no matter how we try to reason it, it always baffles me that heaven is God's heaven, it is his created place, and you get to argue with the creator about how you're going to arrive in the place that he created. The better question is, why would you ever want to arrive at a place and be in a place where you don't agree or believe in the guy who created it? It's troubling. For all of us, we must search our own hearts. This is why Paul told us what he said. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because you could be a 35-year member at a church, tithed every week, read the word of God every day, and be lost and on your way to hell. Blinded by religion. You could have lived your entire life serving the Lord, hold a position in the church. And still die and go to hell. Many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name and done many good works? Haven't I labored in your church? Haven't I labored for you, Lord? I mean, they even call him Lord. Notice the delusion here. Lord. But the reason that they have found themselves in the strong delusion is because they have allowed themselves to arrive at a place where when they heard the truth of God's word, instead of using it to search their own hearts, they allowed Satan to produce a substitute to minimize or to soften the blow of truth of God's word. Instead of using this to search their own hearts, They fall and pray to Satan, found themselves deceived. And many, unfortunately, in this last day, will find themselves standing before God, blinded by the prince and the power of the air. The urging matter today, what Christ says to us is, Enter ye at the straight gate. There is only one way to heaven. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word, Lord. I pray that to search our hearts, Lord, and we'll see where we stand before you, Lord. I pray that if uh, you so work today, Lord, and that if there be someone in the building who's lost without you, Lord, no matter who they may be, Lord, that you search their heart, that you quicken their hearts, that they see their desperate need of you, open their eyes, that they may see they need you. Lord, I thank you for what you did in my life all those years ago. This old wretched sinner, when you opened my eyes, and for the first time in my life, I seen a man in desperate need of you. Thank you for saving me, Lord. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. 478.